whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the BSEA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy the, one of the finest made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant, it's full house here tonight. Full house. We have decided we've decided to open the house for uh, what what Brant has been dying, and and, and I say this uh, literally. He's been dying to share this with the speakeasy. And the BSEA yeah. community. Yes. This this bourbon has been probably one of the best bourbons I have fucking had in a long time. Well, um, I bought I bought the first bottle on secondary market and immediately shared it with some, some close friends locally who had the same reaction. So then I sought out a few more bottles, had them muled over by some some great BSEA members, one of them on the show and uh, I couldn't be more happy to find this stuff it's badass yeah well we got two people that have uh, helped bring this to the speakeasy so uh, we want to welcome in uh, Chris Trossel welcome what's going on guys how's it going happy to be here and also Shan Nichols hey good evening everybody it is a full house in the speakeasy normally it's just me and Brant we're chilling there's some people in the background we don't even know who they are but tonight we got friends in the speakeasy it's great that Jeeves is happy to serve more than two people. Yeah, his tip, his tips are going to be just the same because if y'all tip him, that'll be all he gets. We don't fucking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you'll wonder why he left in the first place. He's got uh, a private jet. Yeah, Maldives <laughs> vacation. What do you want? I'm sure he wasn't too unhappy in the Maldives. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, tonight we're going to be drinking some of uh, Four Roses' newest expansion of their line, and, and according to them, this is going to become a permanent thing. So Brant. It's it's not just a one off. This is this is a permanent they, addition to the Four Roses uh, family. The problem is, Scott, is it's only available in Kentucky, New York, California, Texas, and Georgia. Yes, for right yep. now. Na- for right now. For right now. So hopefully they'll expand it to all markets. But as of right now, it's in those very limited market spaces. Yeah. So Brent Elliott, uh, Brent Elliott, the master distiller over there at uh, Four Roses has decided he wants to do his first foray into a non-chill filter product in, in Four Roses history, which is kind of weird because, like, you talk about Four Roses. It's, it's an old distillery. They've been around for a while. They, they do some really good stuff. The small batch series, the small batch, um, uh, the regular small batch, the single barrel, both good whiskeys. Even the yellow label. It's not yeah. a bad budget whiskey. This is a highly touted distillery. I mean, yeah. this is one of the big. This is one of the big guys in bourbon. Um, and like you said, never to have done this before is pretty, pretty interesting. And then also, man, hats off for them doing this on the small batch product and not a single barrel or a barrel 
pick or store pick or any of that. It's just on the everyday uh, small batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to try this. Obviously, you know, I like non-chill filter. There's a bunch of scotches that do that. Um, more bourbons are getting into that recently. Normally, bourbons are chill filtered just because uh, the aging process of bourbon does tend to leave a lot of those wood barrel uh, oils from the wood. So they usually filter that out, but I'm excited to try it. So um, let's bring Jeeves over. Uh, Jeeves, you want to bring that bottle? Yep. No. No. That one. <laughs> that one right there. Four ovens. All right. Let's see how this one looks. This one looks nice. You know, it, it's the same bottle that the the regular small batch comes in. Nothing mm-hmm. fancy. Good color. Just a just a label change on this. Yeah, yeah. brown label instead of the yellow label. Just yeah. got it around around the neck. It says it's just the normal shape. Now this is 104 proof, so it's a little higher than most of the small batch stuff. What are you getting out of that, Chris? I'm getting what do you say? Brown sugar, obviously. Some, yeah, I got brown sugar. I get some. You get some pears in there. You get a good whiff of like you know fresh cut pear. Definitely, definitely candied fruit to the max, yeah. and then brown sugar. I was yeah. gonna say it kind of smells like that candied fruit, like the the kind of stuff they use for a fruit cake. Like if you pop that open, like the some of that, you get that candied fruit smell. Yeah, there's a lot of ripe berries, vanilla. Yeah. The oak, you definitely get a lot of. Yeah, the oak, the oak is oak there. Eat. It's not heavy. It's not. Which yeah, is it's nice. Not, it's not crazy. It gives it's, you get that little little hint of spice, a little like little cinnamon background in there. See to me the oak on this is where it needs to be. It's a it's a flavor. Yeah. It's a flavor and not like a a dressing or an, an encampment. It's not it's just a flavor. It's not the, center, it's not the centerpiece, it's the accent. Now, yeah. Now these yeah. are running about six to seven years old on the barrels. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, around that for a, a small batch, you know, we talk about uh, Buffalo Trace, it's you know, anywhere between five to seven. Woodford, five to seven. Uh, a lot of the you know Eagle Rare that's ten, so it's a good it's a good amount of years for bourbon. I, I like this. It's got some baking spices, a little bit of nutmeg. So there's some nutmeg. There's some clove. It says on the on the label here. It says small batch select is a mingling of six and seven year old bourbons. Okay. A mingling. Uh, yeah, that's what it says. It says mingling. Mingling. And it's it like says a from six, for six Apparently, it's from six different uh, barrels. It's a unique blend. There's like a there's like a tart berry in there somewhere. Yeah, raspberry. Must have got. Yes, that's it. There's a little bit of tartness to it. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought raspberry is a little bit more tart compared to like a blackberry. Yeah. What about that's anybody nice. get sawdust? I think that's a, that that's really? the light oak. It's not. Okay. Heavy, so you're getting just a little tiny bit of wood notes. I I think this compared so, to like the regular small batch, it's not a, it's it's definitely a little more complex than the small batch, where you get more of the cherry, yeah. um, cherry sweet corn, and those classic can, bourbon brown sugar notes. Okay, so you can definitely pick up the longer it's sitting in the glass, and more you can pick up on it. I think the, you know the non-chill filter, you definitely get more off the oils. 
that are in the glass. So this small batch actually features six of their ten, the no, six of their eight recipes. Oh yeah, they're, so they're, yeah, so they there's have, eight. There's there's four different yeast strains that they have that go into their recipes. This has three of the different yeast strains with each of them having two different mash bills per yeast strain blended into this. So I would wow. say um, complexity would be something that this bourbon definitely yeah. has. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about like the single barrels, they literally pick a single recipe like OBVS or OBSV or something like that. And, yeah. you know, Brent talked a little bit about these different um, these different uh Profiles and each one's a little bit different. So obviously, they have four letters O, and then there's uh, two different mash bills that they use. The E is kind of a higher, um, a higher rye. It's 75 corn, 20 rye, five malted barley. The B is a 60 corn, 35 rye, so even higher rye, and then five malted barley. I like that they keep the malted barley, so you don't have to use the uh, the store bought uh, yeast to kind of get that uh, get that. Uh, Alcohol content. Correct. For fermentation. Yeah, the fermentations. And then there's four different, or five, no, five different strains of yeast now. So each uh, each one of these yeasts different, has a different flavor yeah. profile. So delicate kinda, fruit, kind of nice. rich and fruity. So you got delicate fruit, rich and fruity, herbal notes, slight spice, and then floral essence on the yeast strain. This uses V, which is delicate fruit, K, which is uh, slight spice and F, which is herbal, is what the yeast strains in this one is. So basically, this one combines both mash bills with two, di- with three different yeast strains. Correct. And I can smell that. Um, I can smell that K recipe, the spiciness with that, uh, with that clove and nutmeg in there. See, I think the fruit. I think the delicate fruit yeah, is smell, at the forefront. The delicate fruit is all over this. Uh-huh. Shan, you've had a Shan, you've had a muscadine grapes before, right? I have, yes. You, you catch that at all? I catch it like like a, like a fresh muscadine, like you pluck it right off the vine, like that fresh. I catch a little bit of that, like that fresh. A smell little, like yeah. One open, yeah. I'm trying to place that. And I'm like, that's the closest thing I can think of what it smells like. Brent, we've started talking about the legs on a whiskey. This one with the no chill filter, uh, really, really lends to some nice good legs on this one for for a bourbon speaking of legs I just spilled some on my leg smell <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't have nice things well, your pants are going to smell yeah. good alright let's taste this let's see what we got so smooth so good okay Brant you can keep your job yeah, a little oh, bit of a bite is, at the beginning this is a little really bit. good but it just like, but you get all those flavors because the, the, the oil is just coating your tongue and you're catching all that. Wow. That is... Brent. It's excellent. That is really good. This is... It is... It's big. It's robust. It has all that you want on the, the front of the palate, but then at the you just have that light fruit... Yep. It's got a little bit of herb, a little bit of spice. Say, it shit, to, it's like shit's happening everywhere. As you swirl it around your mouth, it's just shit popping off everywhere. Yep. They say as, as it kind of like works its way like to the back of your throat, like you catching everything. 
and catching all those different little taste buds. And it's just you're getting all those flavors are just smelled and tasting. Shan, I know you've had this before. What do you what do you think? I like it. You know what? So I, I like this one a lot, and I, I will I will say that probably 15 years ago, I was not a fan of Four Roses for, for whatever reason. I, I don't know why. Um, and and now I've I've turned the corner on them. Uh, everything they make. The, actually, the only bottle mm-hmm. of theirs that I don't have is the you know the. I don't even I don't even want to call it low end because it's a decent bourbon, but the, the yellow label, the skinny the skinny bottle. Yeah, I've got the single yeah. barrel. I've got I've had a couple of the sing, different types of the single barrel. I thought they've all been great. The regular mm-hmm. small batch, which I think is always very consistent compared to you know the single barrels. You get something that's kind of weird. It's not your life. <laughs> the small batch that's... is always you know very dialed in. It's that flavor profile, and then this one just kind of takes that. That small batch and then cranks it up a notch. And I like it a lot. These these are definitely, you know, if I if I'm gonna just sit down in front of my liquor cabinet and grab something, you know, this this would probably this is always the one that's considered. Yeah. So on the palate, it, it's kind of weird, and maybe it's a some remnants of the Abalor we just tasted, but I'm getting a little bit of like stone fruit, like apricot and peach. I get that. Yeah. I get, mm-hmm. I get the I get I get the apricot. I do get that. I caught a little bit on the one when I was smelling it, but I get a lot more of it towards the back of my mouth than I'm, when I drink it. It's just the fruitiness, like the different all the different fruits you get in this, and then like Brian said, that oak is in the background. You just catch that oak, and it's, it's a perfect right amount in, of right wood notes. Yeah, it's yeah. Not really perfect amount. It's it's just that back end little bit of wood note in there that's just. Man. I mean, Brent, we've had some whiskeys that are heavy oak, and you can taste it. This just like it's it's there, and it's it's kind of like just smoky in your mouth, but not smoky. But like it's it's when you're like yeah. when you've gone into a room and people have smoked cigars, and you can smell like just the remnants of pipe tobacco. This has yeah. the remnants of oak. Mm-hmm. I really really enjoy the palate on this one. I almost it wonder what this, what this would be like in an old fashioned. Because of the, the, the fruit notes and everything in it, you made it like an old-fashioned. What it would be like with the oils and the non-shell filter. Yeah, you're saying old-fashioned. I was thinking too, kind of that raspberry uh, aroma to it a little bit. It's something mm-hmm. like a smash, like a raspberry and basil smash. Yeah, yeah. And then I once again I like it's more than the standard proof being being 104. Yeah. You still drink like you still know it's there. you still know it's there. You know, it's it definitely tastes like it's it's a whiskey, but it's not not killing you. Um, I mean, I, I do. I just I like that it's less water in this. It's more straight straight out the bat, straight out the barrel. I don't know what the proof is on the regular uh, forty five on the regular small batch forty five ninety. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this was. I'm just becoming a big fan of the just the non chill filter and everything, just because of the the flavors that you. You don't realize what kind of flavors you're missing out on until you, you have a non-chill filter, and then you realize what they've, ta- what they've taken out of the out of the bourbon. And you know, some of them it benefits, but like I think the Four Roses, like this, absolutely. I, is, I think this beca- I think this is going to become a newer 
a newer trend in seeing boutique boutique productions of non-show filtered. I mean, it makes sense too. And then I mean, fuck, it's got to cost less. You, you're not you're, you're taking a whole process out, and they're yeah. selling this sh- they're selling this shit for more than the regular small batch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the finish is really good. It's it, it's got that nice, heavy, oily finish, but not overly oily like uh, like some other whiskeys we've had. A little bit, and and this is the high rye for me. High rye generally leads to two different flavors: dill pickle or uh, spearmint. And this one has that mint, yeah. minty menthol flavor as yeah, it lifts that. off to that. That reminds me of a really, really good non-chill filtered Lagavulin. I get, I get, a, I get the mint on the on the end, and I get a little bit of vanilla. So yeah, I definitely get the vanilla on the back end, but as as it's fading away. I'm getting a lot of that mint, which is, you know, it's almost like refreshing. <laughs> there's a, there's a good amount of vanilla in this thing. I like oh, it. Oh, yes. Well, the mint is a nice change, too, because not that I'm, you know, dogging on any other rye whiskeys or, you know, high rye that has that dill pickle to it, which I absolutely love. But it's, it's nice to have a little change with that mint instead. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, we'll mix up the... Whenever I, when I, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever I drink rye whiskey... There's dill pickle and eucalyptus and mint. It's 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 good. It's good, but it's got that spice to it. It's got that those you know refreshing flavors. <coughs> so, so so what started the whole chill filtered thing? Like why? I can't imagine bourbon was always chill filtered. So Co- what started that? Cocktails. Yeah. Okay. So so when so the oils when you, were separating the cocktails. Essentially, when what you, happens was was or what happened back in the day was. People would make cocktails with whiskey, and you put ice in whiskey, and Separates. if it's non-chill filtered, what happens is those separate, and you get a really cloudy cocktail. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants a cloudy cocktail, because it looks bad. So what they did was they started chill filtering, and what they do is they take it just about down to freezing, and then basically use skim a, the oil a, skim, a, a skim to to filter out those, those fatty acids, those fatty oils. All those flavors. And all those so now, yeah. So now it's it's they use like a piece of almost like a cardboard like cheesecloth like super dense and it's and it's high pressured yeah. like ran through this ran through this filter to take those those impurities out. But see, I just hundred percent flavor. Just keep, give me give me that give me those oils after that. After you chill filter, give me that oil. Send that to me. Yeah. I'll, I'll do something. And, and really, yeah. the <laughs> only reason for doing this is for cosmetic purposes yeah, um, because. Because if you if you do it, then once you once you put ice into it, once you put it into cocktail, it doesn't get that cloudiness to it. Um, and again, I, I I understand why distilleries do it because you do want to present your whiskey. It, again, if your whiskey is for um, for cocktails or predominantly featured in cocktails, you definitely want to have a neat whiskey that looks good. But here's the thing, like with Four Roses, they've got this small batch select non chill filter, and then they have the regular non small so batch. So you've got the like, best of both worlds. So you've, you've got the best of both worlds. So mm-hmm. more bourbon, bourbon distillery we get on board with that, then we'd be good to go. And yeah. I mean, just imagine if you had, I mean, Buffalo Trace doing this. And look, they had it. The only one I've ever had was um, I had an antique. Weller that I bought at one time that I don't know if they still do it, but at the time you could you could choose to have it non-chill filtered, mm. and, and I bought a store pick 107 non-chill filtered a couple years ago, and it was 
the best fucking well I've ever had. It's I'd phenomenal. Li- I'd like, it's amazing. I'd like to try some new rare non-chill filters. I think the is yeah, the is I mean, the antique non-chill filter or is that chill filter? It's, uh, it's, I think it's. I you know I can't I speak for the Eagle Rare. I can speak for the Stag and the Weller because we were there when they were dumping those barrels and, and, and bottling. And they say un, they say unfiltered. It's they do put a, a mesh screen in there to get the, the barrel chunks out of it. But other right. than that, no, it's not going through anything. It's not chill filtered. It's just it's, right. all it is is getting rid of the barrel chunks. Yeah, and, and and look, there's there's tons of Scotch whiskeys that do it, and here's the mm-hmm. here's the bummer about uh, Scotch whiskey, is that you don't have to put it on there if you chill filter. I, do they have to do that in America? I'm not sure. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. No, you, if it's chill filtered, you don't. You don't. Most people only advertise non because it's something unique and different. Right. But you don't. You don't have to label it that it's it's filtered or yeah, chill you don't. filtered. No. Uh, Brook Lottic. Right. Brooklodic uh, is one of the was one of the first in Scotland to uh, to not use to opt not to use chill filtering, um, and again mainly it's for the the lower proof. So when it, essentially when when a when a whiskey is around forty five to forty three percent, that's mm-hmm. when it gets cloudy with with water or with ice. Uh, so that's generally when, and again why it pertains more to Scotch than bourbon, is because bourbon is Generally, the sweet spot is around forty-seven to fifty percent. That bottled in bond, fifty uh, percent. Yeah. You know, like cap. The, like McKenna, like McKenna, like McKenna, like E. H. Taylor. Those are the you know those don't re- don't require chill filtering to to not make it cloudy because it's not going to get cloudy. Scotch, on the other hand, is forty to forty-three percent on an average basis, and those when you add ice to it. That's when it gets cloudy, so that's why a lot more a lot more Scotch distillers will use a chill filtering process. Uh, Brent, you just got that Deanston, right? I bought it just because of the because it's non non chill filtered. Yeah. Non chill filtered, no coloring so, added. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share to the to the BSEA uh, Facebook group a awesome article by uh, Whiskey Wash, and if you don't follow Whiskey Wash on a regular basis, you really should. They're a great source of information about chill filtering. It, it, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So I just ran through some information because we just talked about it. But um, all of the high proof antique collection, Stag, William Lerueller, and Handy, the three that are at barreled at bottled at barrel strength are not chill filtered eagle rare 17 is 101 and that sazerac is 90 they are chill filtered mm. so two antique collections are chill filtered three of them are are, are not um not that that makes any difference but now you know the eagle rare 17 is is 101 proof now it says now that may that probably changed after the year you got it Shane. yeah um it said Launched in 1974, we have returned this whiskey to the original strength of 101. I don't know when they made the they made the change, but the last addition uh, to 2018 was 101 proof, and it was chill filtered. Okay. Mine's um, yeah, because the one I have it, is 90. Yeah. So is 90? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, 101 now. I'd be interested to see what they're going to start churning out of those uh, those original uh, fermenting vats that they uncovered in the uh, on the uh, Buffalo Trace property. 
with that back I didn't, last, I didn't last hear year. about that. I think it was last year, they, uh, one of the original buildings, the distillery buildings, it had been covered over and they, they excavated it and they found the original, like, fermenting vats, like the big concrete ones that they had built back in the day. And they um, restored Ooh. a couple of them and they're going to supposedly supposed to start doing uh, doing some batches in those uh, original um, distilling vats. That's interesting. I just hadn't seen that. We'll dig up some info. So, Brent, I added some water to this one. Just, just to see what happens. I like. I, it. I'm, I mean, I like it over ice, so I get it. I'm gonna see what happens. It's real fruity now. I'm gonna pour myself a little more and add a little water. Hey, hey. I'm gonna join you, Shan. No, Jeeves, Jeeves, get over here and stop them. Keep on pouring. Son of a bitch. Yeah, but if you look, uh, if you Google it, Brent Buffalo Trace original fermenter. They're recommissioning their 150-year-old uh, bourbon fermenting vats that they uncovered back in the 1800s. Back in the 1800s. Interesting. Yeah, I'm now It'll really be- interested to see what comes out of this. <coughs> well, you know they're going to make some whiskey that you you can't afford or can't find. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure they'll add that to the antique collection. So this with water, it, it doesn't do too much to it. It brings out a little more fruit notes. Um, I get a little bit more alcohol too with the water. It, it definitely yep. brings out a little proof. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's it's. I don't know if it enhances. I'm not sure. I can't really tell. See when I get when I when I get it on the nose, I get. I get a big old whiff of alcohol, and then after that alcohol goes past, I get I get more of the fruits. Oh, these fermenting vats were installed by E. H. Taylor in 1869. How oh, cool wow. is that? Well, that's awesome. Share that article. Let's hear about that. So they, so they're not cement trousers, but the cement part they were they were left in place, and they put a cement floor over them. Oh, okay. So whenever they dug them up, a cement. They, they found them under the cement, under the cement floor. A cement. They, so they're now called Scott. It no cement. <laughs> cement. 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 Maybe, maybe if maybe uh, you know it's still warm out here in the Northeast. Maybe I might go swimming in that cement pond over there. Exactly. <laughs> so they say, and it's uh, they're now calling it Bourbon Pompeii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I always wonder about when they, when they, when people not just these guys, but when when people find stuff like that, like oh hey we we t- like what was it, like Old Town Sacramento out in California's got the whole la- you know, level underground and underground Atlanta same thing. It's like, oh the long lost you know underground city. I'm like at some point somebody covered that thing up. They had to have remembered. It, you know. mm-hmm. Yeah, they just well, they like just couldn't figure out what to do with it until then. It's like Seattle. They built Seattle right on top of the first floor, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with water, uh, this one doesn't do much for me. It doesn't change it too much. It, it, I think it's, I think it's just fine neat. I like it better without. Yeah. I think it's a little bit better neat. Um, some of the heat's gone. I get a lot more oak. Yeah, you, you, the wood oils because again. You're now bringing the oils to the forefront of the whiskey because the water's separating some of those oils. You're going to get some of those wood barrel notes. 
I like that. I like the wood more as an accent on the back end. I don't. I don't. I don't want it. That's like the first thing I taste now. Yeah, the fruit on the palate is gone. The fruit on the nose is there. I think I just leave it alone. It I brings add water to this. The water brings the fruit to the forefront on the nose, but dens yep. it on the palate for an oak. I agree. I think, I think if I were to do anything with this, I would I would add I get a nice sphere cube, ice cube and pour it over this and let it just slowly but just add water to it no. But maybe over a cube or a sphere I would I would probably drink this. I, I think it would be better on ice than with water added to the yeah. whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, but my preferred way to drink this would be neat. I, I would go oh, neat yeah. on this one. Right out the bottle. Yep. Absolutely. Do we know right. anybody that's going to Japan anytime recently to get some of the the Japan market specific stuff they have? Uh, ben Man just got back from Japan, so no. oh, man. I might be going to Japan this year sometime. All right, well, you might have a task I'm when you sure. go over. Lauren, Chris, uh, Chris Carter's probably there at some point. Bring, he could probably just—he takes months off. Pop, probably just so we could just send him pop here. over. Yeah, just send him over there as a mule. Well, according to Mikey, you just hang a right. Yeah, just hang <laughs> right. But you know, you gotta get—you gotta go past Korea. You do technically. Is this on that? He's on that peninsula. <laughs> Which Korea? South Korea or Best Jesus. Korea? Um, all right. I ha- so I had, hadn't got there yet in uh, this week's show, so I'm behind. <laughs> You're in so, for a treat. As uh, as we finish up this uh, this little short pour here, give me give me some notes on the finish because I don't think we really talked about the finish too much. Spearmint, long, vanilla. Yeah. yeah, stays with you for a long time. It definitely very, hangs. Very long finish. It's a good hanging finish. Yeah, I get a lot of mint in the back end. Yeah, on the even, finish. Even with the water, you still get that mint. Lift more mints now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Mm. Even with the water, it's still a good whiskey, man. That's really good. I enjoy that. It's a damn, lot. it's damn good. Brant, you uh, you can keep your what? What is your title here? I forget. Chairman? Uh, no, I'm the chairman of antiquities. Fuck, I don't know. The guy. Chief enthusiast. <laughs> That's it. Chief enthusiast. Chief enthusiast. You can you can keep your job as chief enthusiast. I'm that good. There you go. <laughs> I'm the I'm the Ooh. chairman of antiqu- antiquities. And Jesus, Man, I just got like the the roof of my mouth is just coated in like like I just ate like a chocolate bar. Yes. Like a I don't know just like. Not necessarily chocolate, but it okay. has like that coating. Like all three of you are going to be in Disney in like a week or two. Okay, go over to the UK Pavilion and go into the Tea Caddy where they have the Cadbury chocolates. There's a there's a chocolate bar in the UK called the Aero Bar, and one of the ones they make is a mint flavored Aero Bar. Hmm. That is the finish hmm. on this whiskey. It's ridiculous. Like it literally melts in your mouth, coats it with this dark, not dark chocolate, but milk chocolate with mint, and it's so oily and so refreshing. I want you guys to go over there and pick that up and try it. All right. In the tea caddy. I think it's a, right. yeah. It's in, in, it's over by the tea caddy. It's in the little tea shop where they sell twinings. Yeah, where they sell twinings and where you can get Cadbury chocolates, Lion bars, and. Jo- I think they sell Jaffa Cakes. That's not Cadbury. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. That's really yeah. good. All right. So, uh, Chris, 
your first official time in the speakeasy? No, 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 second time. Second time. Yeah, second. All right, so Chris, we'll start with you. Give me a, give me a number on this one. All right, number on this one. Well, I'm going to give this about, I'm going to give this about a 92 Ooh. for me. Just because, I mean, the non-chill filter, just, I like the complexity of it. There's just, you get so many different flavors and accents and hints, you know, from the smells to the finish. Just, there's a lot going on. And for the price of the bottle, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. I, I definitely don't disagree disagree with the, the height of the number. It's going to be high. Shan, what about you? Let's think about this. Let me let me think about this real quick. So I gave, what did I give the stag? 80, 80, 85, 86? 85. 85. And I gave the the Abelauer, uh, and I know it's, that's not a 90, bourbon, it's a scotch. But 90, 94. 94, did I go? Okay. So I'm going to go 89, 90 on this one. 89, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's good. I mean, like I said, you know, if, I, if I'm going to grab something out of my... You know, my cabinet, and it's, you know, it's not, oh, I'm in a Lagavulin mood tonight, or, or whatever. You know, the, the Four Roses is right up there in the front. And is one of those, whether it's this one, the, the small batch select, the regular small batch, or the single barrel. Uh, and I guess I probably need to grab myself one of the yellow, yellow labels as well, uh, just to round it out. But those are always going to be in consideration. So, yeah, I'd say 89 Shan, I think I'm with you. I'm gonna go buy a just the everyday yellow yellow label too, just because I want to taste it now and, yeah. and see just what the everyday the everyone is. And if you look on the website, the everyday one, it looks like it has every single mash bill they make blended into one into one blend. Yeah, it's all so it's, it's all yeah. ten recipes in one. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind trying taking a couple of those uh, yellow labels and dumping them into a barrel like you did with the knob. Greek Scott, see what happens. I, I bet that'd be good. Some of that four roses yellow label. Put put that in a uh, a small oak barrel for six weeks. Probably be really. Yeah, good. Brand, we'll have to do that. We'll have to we'll have to bring a bottle down and speak easy and, and try the the uh, the yellow label because it it's what nineteen dollars a bottle. Uh yeah, I think I pay about sixteen to eighteen dollars a bottle here for that. You can't find a decent bottle of whiskey for under twenty bucks, really. Challenge accepted. I've got two yeah, barrels, and I need to do something with them. So, yeah. All right, Brant. So, what do you, what do you end up giving this one? Um, I want to hear from you first, okay. non non bourbon <laughs> right. believer. It's a and I just want to, but I, but I want to remind you of a couple a couple things. Remind me. You, you scored E.H. Taylor single barrel in ninety one. I did. Elijah Craig barrel proof. A 91. I did. All right. He scored... I also have Lagavulin 16 as a 91. But I'm just... Bourbons. Uh, bourbons. Sc- Elmer T. Lee was a 92. Blanton's Gold was a 92. And... Little Book Little Book was a 94. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's your highest... That's your highest... Okay. Right. So... That is my highest bourbon of all time right now. Which little book was that? Was that the most recent one? The chapter two? Or no, that was number one. The one. Okay. The first one. The, we we did chapter two. Chapter two is a 90. 
and I had an 89. Yeah, I didn't like did. it as much. It's a lot of it was all rye. It's a, a lot, lot of rye. rye. It, it was again. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually bring that to the little book because my notes on that say caramel, apricots, and a good spice. This is right there with that. This has that fresh fruit with the raspberries and some apricots. Um, it's got a good spice from the rye. That the I mean, these are high rye. These are thirty and thirty-five percent rye. I I really like this, Brant. Uh, I'm gonna go with a ninety. I'm I'm gonna go in the nineties on this one. This is a this is a very good whiskey. I would definitely and will as soon as this comes back home. Um, make sure this is at home every day, and make sure this is in the speakeasy for us every day, because. I, I'm literally got to go to New York to get it. You're right there. I'm looking at Jeeves, and I'm telling you, Jeeves, you better damn well keep this in stock. I'll be in uh, I'll be in California in November. So try to scoop up some a, more. Anybody needs a meal? Well, Shan, you should have it just down the road, huh? Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I, I should. I with me. Well, yeah, here in here in Georgia, yes, absolutely. There's a couple of places around me that that always have it. And then with me commuting back and forth to California, I need to get out more and, and check out some of the, the areas around me and see yeah, what they've got. Well, I was, talking, I was talking to one of the bourbon guys at the shops I go to. Um, and then, yeah, I made friends with him because that's, you know, that's when I find all the good stuff that's hidden in the back. And he, uh, he informed me that if I'm really, if you're looking for Weller 12 and it's, you know, outside their little, when they dump their allotments out, he said, go to California. He said they send more allotments of Weller 12 to California than anywhere else. He said if you if you want it during their allotment season or right after, go to California because you're guaranteed to find bottles of it because that's where they send it all. This, Brent, did we talk about this? Or I, I read this similar to what Fuente was doing with the cigars and giving a lot of cigars out to California to these allocated places. And all the other places, all the other, like the rest of the country were like, why are we not getting what, what they got? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine it could happen with the, with the bourbons. I imagine the big, um, the big hipsters. cities, oh, the big, the big cities, the big markets, um, you know, get that, get those big allocations. And I mean, I've heard stuff about the amount of allocation that New York gets. They don't even have the, they don't even have the, the bourbon drinkers to, to drink it, you can find shit on the shelf in New York that you can't find anywhere else. And I mean, I imagine Scott, there's probably places that you have never even heard of or are dug around in that's got crazy shit just sitting on the sh- on the shelves because because of whatever reason. Okay. Not everybody does it. Not everybody deal di- di- dishes out the allocations the same way. You know, in our in our state, um, mm-hmm. you have to really support the entire portfolio to get the special stuff. You know, you have to carry. The you know the Buffalo Trace and the Wheatley and Eagle right. Rare and Sazerac and all, you have to carry kind of everything to build your case to get the the mm-hmm. Wellers and Elmer T. Lees and Rock Hill Farms and all that, all that stuff. But not everybody does that. I mean, some people just if you ask for it, you get it. Um, yes. Which is the way it should the way it should be, but you know, it's like it the, makes it makes it a little harder. The the lady the lady over here at the little shop I like to go to, she's got a bottle of uh, was it the. Uh, Rick Van Winkle 10, just, you know, the, the lower end of the yeah. pappies. 
She had it on the shelf for $999.99. Oh, they always do that. And I went back last week, and she's got it down to $699.99. And I, because I went in there and I was talking to her, I said, How'd you get that? He goes, Well, you know, my my rep here, I said, How'd you come up with that price? And she goes, Well, he told me to put that on there. I'm like, You're not going to get that. That's like the most I've ever seen is like 150 max. I said, Said I'll give you a hundred. I'll give you hundred bucks for it right now. She goes, <laughs> it can't sell for that little. I'm like, you're not gonna get a thousand dollars for Rip Van Winkle ten. She paid fifty nine dollars for that bottle. I know she did. And I said, I said you paid less than hundred bucks for that bottle. I said if he if he didn't just give it to me, I'm like I'll give you a hundred bucks right now. She's like no. I said hundred twenty cash right now. No, I can't do that. I said I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait about. You you know a couple it, more months. Wait her out because that, I'll walk in there. I'll walk at, in there and at, slap that cash down. She'll take it. At six hundred bucks a bottle, that that bottle is gonna sit there. It's gonna sit. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's already it's yeah. only been there for it's been there for less than a month and it's already gone down three hundred bucks. So yeah. she's not gonna sell. She no knows. Way. No way. What was what was the price that Sean Clifford found the the Pappy Tin at the Sam's Club there in like Gainesville? 50, like fifty bucks. Fifty nine dollars. Yeah, I mean, they had no idea what they had on their hands. Yeah, it was like fifty. No, it was that's, like, it was like I mean, 50 bucks sitting on the middle of the shelf, just sitting there. So, Pappy Tin is about fifty-four bucks wholesale. If mm-hmm. Sam's markup, if Sam's markup is only a, I mean, that club price markup is only a ten percent markup. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah, they they were selling that for like I want to say fifty-eight ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know for the, for, and the, for, that, only- for that price, I'd rather find a bottle of Elmer T. Lee and hold on to it. See, that's the crazy thing. Is like here in Georgia. I can't find Elmer T. Lee for nothing. Well, like, you know, back, I'd say 10 years ago, you know, 2008, 2009, here in Georgia, we were we were lousy with every Buffalo Trace product. And I've not seen, I've, I know Ron Lockwood's got a bottle of it. I've not seen a bottle of Elmer T. Lee or the Rock Hill Farms in the wild here in Georgia in 10 years. I mean, the first I've seen of it in the wild is when I was down in Key West a few weeks ago. And they had five bottles on the shelf, but it was a hundred dollars a bottle. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it for a hundred bucks. No. I was like, I was like, I wanted two bottles. I mean, I, I knew that it wasn't at that price wise after listening to the podcast. And Grant was like, I snatched it up for fifty bucks a bottle. I'm like, well, if he can get it for that, I ain't paying a hundred bucks for it. Seventy five, yeah. yes, a hundred. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably cap out. Emily Keeley is probably one of my highest rate. Is it my highest rate? Reg- yeah, regularly either. available, not Booker's, Booker's little yeah. book. Yeah, it's yeah, it's my highest. Because Bl- I I don't count Blanton's gold because that's uh, international market. Um, I would I would probably cap that at seventy five. Yeah, I'd cap it at seventy five at most. Yeah, and that's only to buy just, one bottle to to sit and nurse for a while. So, Brant, if you uh, you know, since you have all the luck with those underpieces, <laughs> yeah. If you, you, you stumble across the bottle, hook a brother up. Exactly. I, I only I have I have half a bottle plus one right now. Is all I know. Want to show I one? I know you guys want to show one to go. <laughs> and I usually have more than I've had. I've had four or five at one time, but I got kind of crazy after I got engaged and drank <laughs> a, a, bo- a bottle at my engagement. Women party taking and shit. all the booze. Mean, I got got pretty crazy. But with that being said, Scott, I didn't tell you so. I touted about this bourbon. I thought this, you know, I loved it. Thought this bourbon was one of the best, best out there. 
I'm going to tell you, though, I'm not ranking it as one of my highest bourbons. After sitting down, taking the time to really taste through it. Okay. Um, taste through it. I'll tell you a couple things. Um, I think it got initial hype for me because of how hard it is to get. And right. It's not, it's not available. And, but and, I will and say. And that's common because the rarity is always a plus. Yeah. I will say, though, it is still one of the best that I've that I've tasted. I like this because of the complexity. And when you looked mm-hmm. at when you sit and look at look at it and you you think you see it's six different recipes mm-hmm. thrown to get thrown together, you can understand why it hits on all these different flavor profiles that uh, a single recipe bourbon, a single barrel bourbon is a little more one-dimensional. This is definitely multi multi-dimensional, which I like. So not the highest score ever, but pretty high. Pretty much in the same pack with you guys. Ninety-one is is what I put this uh, this at. So up there, but not the highest score. That if you if you'd asked me day one, I'd have told you this would have been my highest my highest rated, but not the highest rated. But damn good. Well, I'm glad you sat down with it because it, look, it's it's very good. It is not the greatest. It's not the greatest whiskey. It's not the greatest bourbon that I've ever had. Um, I enjoy it and I enjoy the nuances of it and, and like Brian said it is very complex there's very subtle flavors that the longer you sit with it the more you get out of it you get some good fruit notes that raspberry we, we talked about the clove the nutmeg uh, the oak flavors pour it a little bit more uh Jeeves is, is going to have to uh, take a take the private jet to Georgia or somewhere. And um, I would definitely say this is much better with, with just neat. Straight up neat. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I want to thank Shan and uh, and Chris for coming down to the Speakeasy. It's, it's been enjoyable having you guys here. It's nice to have a full house. Nice to have a good mm-hmm. panel of, of whiskey connoisseurs. <laughs> Know about connoisseurs? I'm getting them. <laughs> well, you're getting somewhere. You're kind of something. <laughs> Somewhere's better than nowhere. <laughs> That's true. Uh, no, thank you guys for coming on the, on the show. We we enjoyed having you, um, Shan. Thanks for muling some of the whiskey up to us. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, thanks thanks for muling some of the whiskey up to us in uh, in Speakeasy. We I gotta say, Brent, I like it. I like it a lot. It's good. It's good. It's good, good whiskey. It's what you would expect from a distillery like Four Roses, with all the mm-hmm. the history and awards and recognition and all that, all that stuff. This is the this is the product they should be they should be making, and a lot of people should follow fucking suit on this. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Just agree. give me your regular shit, non chill filter. Yeah, give me the mm-hmm. give me the non chill filter. I don't care if it no. gets cloudy with a little bit of ice. I'm usually drinking your whiskey neat, anyways. Give me your buffalo. Give me a buffalo trace non-chill filter. Oh yeah. I was gonna say, do what I do: either drink it neat, or put it in a tiki drink and hide it inside a mug so nobody sees it, anyways. Seriously, <laughs> who cares if it's fucking cloudy? Yeah. Tiki whiskey, Shan. What tiki whiskey is out there? Uh, challenge, Eastern, challenge Eastern, accepted. Eastern sour made with bourbon. Come on, Brian. Right. You knew you were gonna get an answer to that. <laughs> well, I, know, right I mean, away. I know. I, I knew. I knew he had it. I just did. I didn't know. So, what's an Eastern sour? East, Eastern sour. Let me get you the uh, exact. There you go. Give me the. 
He's so got his beach, he's give got me the beach bum, beach bum it's, berry. It's, bas- it's basically a, a, a whiskey sour. It's it's um, a little bit of orange juice. Actually, actually more orange juice than anything. Uh, two and a half ounces of orange juice, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, a quarter of an ounce of orange syrup. So you're getting that almond, that nuttiness to it. A little oh, bit, a that... quarter ounce of um, simple syrup, and then two ounces of bourbon or rye. That's an I bet that. I've had that Orget syrup really lends to whiskey really well. Yeah. Oh, and actually, you know, Scott, that was actually, we were talking about earlier about the, the Trader Vic's macadamia. Mm-hmm. Where you, if you see something that calls for Orgia with, with the almond comes in that, swap that out for the Trader Vic's macadamia. Okay. Because I've been looking for that Orget to, uh, to put into a bunch of different uh, tiki drinks and... Can't find it. Well, I got, I got that. I can get you that. <laughs> You're dangerous, man. I got that. <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, guys. Thanks for thanks for having a drink with us. Thanks for coming down the speakeasy. Uh, keeping, obviously, keep looking out. We're going to be doing some fun things this season on BSEA. We're going to be going into season two now. Um, Brant, I'm excited to announce that we have a a, a bond series coming soon now this is down the pike so stay tuned but we're going to be drinking the the whiskeys of james bond on the on the bsa podcast we're going to be doing some educational whiskeys where we talk about things like chill filtering things like uh mash bill things like what is a rye whiskey uh, you know why do we why do we drink whiskey and rye yeah you know and head why down. is a bur- why is a bourbon a bourbon why is yeah. Basically, what, Jack Daniel's not a bourbon. Yeah, what makes a bottle of bond? What 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 is <laughs> what is the Lincoln County process? We're gonna be going through all the other stuff that is whiskey related. Uh, we're done with the Disney SEA, so uh, Brant, it is it is time to uh, time to say good night, and I want to say may your time here be educational and enjoyable, and it's time for a mission statement. So, uh, guys, if you came here to learn, drink what you've learned. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger, may you exit as a friend. And if you came for an adventure, drink, drink up. up. Woo! Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. That's beautiful shit. Mm. Dude, I'm just I'm smelling the glasses from the night. That four roses is it's good I'm shit. Glass sniffer. Sneak it on over, move it on over, move over, good dog, cause a mad dog moving in. Remember, pup, before you whine, that side yours and this side mine, so shove it on over.